Hello everyone, this is Anno Ninja. And this is Crunch. And you are now listening to the Storm Connect podcast, published by the Sigil Arts Network. We talk about gaming topics and anime series of our interest, like Ruby, Final Fantasy, Persona 5 Royal, Smash Ultimate, and so on for. The goal that we aim to accomplish on every episode is to provide insights on these subjects that are usually overlooked, to spread awareness, and learn more. So... We have returned together once again because we are not done talking about um, the one and only legend, uh, Sephiroth, that has recently entered into the Smash Ultimate roster. So, uh, Crunch, I'm going to let you start off with this one. All right, no problem. I So it's been a minute since we talked about the Sephiroth reveal uh, towards like the beginning of December, but we kind of decided to like let it wait out a little bit, especially after the surprise presentation showcasing that we were able to get him early and I will explain how we were able to do that um, later. But Sephiroth is finally here. I'm really excited because I recently played Final Fantasy VII Remake over the, you know, over the spring break-ish era. And uh, I'm really excited that this character's in the game. I think his inclusion is great. It's really fresh and it almost like kind of rejuvenated the game for me a little bit. Like I feel like I can get on Smash now and not like dread playing it with my friends. Now I can finally pick a character that I like play it for as many hours as I want and probably never get tired of it and uh yeah the thing is though is that this character is crazy like I knew he would be kind of like insane being added into the game because you know this is a boss character like especially because Sakurai kind of talked about this in the direct too is like you know Sephiroth as we all know is like the main villain main boss in the entirety of Final Fantasy 7 he is like the holy grail of final bosses and also just as he said in the direct as well like he's a very well-known video game villain and to be put in a game like this represented is just a shock on top of that all the content that we got like more music finally that makes me so happy that we finally got more music in this game and on top of that another stage and we even got some spirits too not necessarily like the spirit board like we typically get with the dlc but we did get some spirits for some characters like, you know, we got Cloud's old spirit, we got Sephiroth, Yuffie, Red, and so on and so forth. And his inclusion is just really exciting. Um, yeah, what do you think about it too, Edo? I know we talked about it a little bit too. So, uh, that was the one thing that, like, I was sincerely, like, hoping for to see. Which, you know, it's just as you mentioned, the spirits. Because uh, originally, like... Like I said, if you for some reason live under a rock for whatever A to B to C reason, you happen to be listening to this podcast... For the Final Fantasy representation that we've had for Smash, it was just Cloud, the stage, uh, two uh, songs, and the only spirits that we received were literally the in-game models. That's it. That's all that we got in comparison with the rest of the, um, the other characters that had some proper rep, and they actually got their traditional actual old, um, arts from their, um, actual game series. So, the fact that I actually got to see, like, the very, very old Namor art, that was just, oh my god, nostalgia just hit me really hard on that. Uh, even though, like, I never played Final Fantasy like that, though, I did see Namora's work, like, way early on of, like, the early 2000s and such, and it, it, it was just so refreshing and nice to see. Um... Sephiroth being included into Smash, okay? So, as I've clearly expressed with the uh, previous podcast, like, it still is a shock to me as to how this character was exactly presented. He was pretty much, like, uh, rivaling with Joker's reveal. And the fact that, like, I I'm on the same boat with Crunch on this one, like, every time I play Sephiroth and such, like, I, I cannot get tired of him. He's just actually such a refreshing character. The fact that, like, he's an actual, like, boss uh character it like you know because we also have some like main antagonist characters into the smash series though but it's like sephiroth he gives off a new type of refresh aura and i'm so glad that sakurai is giving him that type of treatment for it and i mean i i have actually seen like a couple debates here and there like why haven't the other main antagonists get that type of aura? Look, look, look look hold on you're gonna listen to me here real good okay sephiroth we do not underestimate Sephiroth. We stand Sephiroth in this podcast house. I'm just saying, like, you know, in comparison with the other villains that we have here at Smash Ultimate, Sephiroth? Did you not see that trailer? Did you not see him slash fucking, what, what was that bitch's name? Galeem in one swing? Yeah, no. The All the main antagonists are in Smash, wishes that they were just Sephiroth. I'm just saying. 
Yeah, I second that too. And honestly, like, I'm once again with you there. Like, his inclusion is, as I said before too, is also just insane. And like, I really think Sephiroth saved the Final Fantasy VII rep in this game because, you know, when we got Cloud, that was, funny enough, I didn't even know who Cloud was at the time that he got announced in 4. I, I knew what Final Fantasy was, obviously, but like, I didn't know what was the popular iteration, but I recognized the character and I thought that was cool. But for a lot of people, that was like huge that he got into Smash. But the biggest problem with, with him being in Smash was the lack of representation on his end. I mean, sure, we got a stage and we got um, the character himself, but my my issue though is we only had two songs and it was like, let the battle begin. And then um, kind of like the main theme for Final Fantasy VII. But with Sephiroth's inclusion, not only do we have more tracks, but we have a total of 11, which honestly, I think that is perfectly fine. I think that is a perfect number to include. So like now we have like tracks like Opening Bond Mission, Those Who Fight and Fight Further from Advent Children, Aerith's theme, we have the main theme from Seven, Genova, which is like one of my most wanted songs. I Because when I looked up the OST in 4, I first heard that song, I was like, yo, this slaps. And the fact that it's finally in the game, like it should have been in here to begin with, but I'm just glad it's here. We also have Cosmo Canyon, One Winged Angel, and then the Advent Children version of One Winged Angel, which was in the trailer. And it's just so nice to see that he saved the representation for Final Fantasy VII in this game. And like, from a competitive standpoint, when we transition to that, like, I think this character is super promising. I think it's really early to say like where he fits on a tier list. And like, this is a very common issue in the community as well, where people, you know, they always want to get a tier list going. They want to put them um, somewhere where it might see fit, and then maybe make a little bit of controversy out of it. But I don't know. I think if, in my humble opinion, if you think this character is mid-tier, you're crazy. Because for one, like, his moveset is insane. He has incredible long range. He also has a wicked counter. Like, not only can you just throw this thing out and it does so much damage and knockback to, like, physical attacks, but on top of that, it just stops projectiles. And if you even miss the counter, there's still an attack that comes afterwards, which is... I think the first ever counter to do that. I don't think any other counter like that exists in this game. And that's really creative and unique because something that DLC characters that were missing from their inclusions in this game is creativity and uniqueness minus Steve. I feel like a lot of the characters that are added into this game these days typically have like a copy of everybody's set moves minus that one unique thing, quote unquote, the DLC move. For an example, Joker is like, the face of this uh he gets added into the game he's given like what seems to be zss forward air chic up air back air is a little unique i guess same with down air but his mechanics are cool like you know he has arson and like his counter isn't really a counter but rather it's something that can tank hits and eventually um adds to his arson meter but then you look at characters like Terry, and Terry is cool, and he does—he is pretty unique too, but he's a Shoto, so, you know, he has a lot of carbon copy moves that you can see in other characters as well, minus, like, his power geyser and the go meter, but now you see this issue with all these DLC characters is they always have this meter, they always have that one gimmick that sets them so differently from other characters, especially ones that were in the base game. But with Sephiroth, he's just a raw sword fighter, you know, minus his one wing. But that that's like an obvious inclusion, which is similar to like, you know, um, Arsene for Joker. It's just, it's just nice to see, like, finally there's a sword character in this game that I feel like I can rock with and also play. Because I really wanted to play, like, characters like Marth and Roy and Krom. And despite the fact that Roy and Krom are good, I, it just feels kind of cheap using them. And honestly, it's like... Kind of just a press the a button win type of ordeal but with sephiroth this character is actually layered like he's not an easy character at all in fact he's a little tougher to use compared to like i think the rest of the dlc characters maybe not as hard as steve but for one you gotta know what you're doing you can't just swing your moves out especially with that ridiculous end lag on some of his moves especially like up air if you try to throw that out a bunch um you might just get heavily punished for it. Same with like up smash. You know, you have to be very calculated when with you, when you play. And he's also a pretty like neutral heavy character too. And I don't see a lot of that from like DLC characters. Because most of the time, like I said before, 
you add these characters into the game and they just seem like a bunch of gimmicks. You know, they're, they're normal characters, but then you give them that one thing that sets them apart from the rest. And it can be looked at as cheap or corny to add to that character. But with Sephiroth, despite the fact that he does have a gimmick, his neutral-wise is incredible. Like, this is kind of like this game's version of Cloud from Smash 4. Maybe not similarly good to Cloud Smash 4 since he was, like, busted in that game. But I get that same excitement from when I play Sephiroth. Like, I feel like I could have a pocket Sephiroth, similarly to how everyone had, like, a pocket Cloud. So, uh, one thing that I uh, want to definitely point out, uh, starting from the top, is the counter. Uh, some there, I've seen some controversy with the counter a lot. I personally think that the counter is actually probably like well balanced. Like even like given the uh, the point that like his counter still like makes the uh, animation attack even if you don't hit the counter. Like it only hits off to one direction. So if you hit him from behind, like the counter is not gonna be applied to you. Like that will be his vulnerable spot to avoid that counter. So I think it's like perfectly balanced there in my opinion. Uh, and when you actually do hit it, like, the range obviously increases for you for you to be hit. If you don't, the range is not incredibly big. But it's still there for them to just, like, okay, wait, I gotta, like, rethink my approach here, you know? Um, yeah, no, the, another thing that I also like is the fact that I was expecting Sephiroth to have, like, a similar meteor like Cloud does in some sense. Especially to, like, when he's, like, around, like, you know, at death percentage. But they kind of, like, give it to you when you're at a disadvantage, which, honestly, I think it works out for the better that way. Uh, because, like, we've been seeing a lot of characters that have the meter. Like, I think Sephiroth not having the meter, it's like a refresh of the ticket. It's like, okay, well, you know, this ain't another thing that we had to look down on our gauge towards, too, though. Like, I mean, granted, like, it does give us an advantage, you know, to some degree. But, you know, uh, when it does, like, you know, I don't think it's, like, totally broken. Because, like, once your opponent is killed, if you have the advantage, like... Your one week is gone. It's it's just, like, gone. And, like, you know, if you know how to play your cards right, like, I think it's a perfectly well... Um, it's a well-balanced uh, fight matchup, depending on who it is. Uh, I'd say, like, the best way of how I could describe Sephiroth, uh, rather than Joker, I would say he's more of Lucario uh, with given the aura when he's also at death percentage. Because he's also... Like, Sephiroth, to an extent, he's also pretty easy to kill. Uh, since he kind of dies a little bit early. Not too early, but, like, in comparison with most of the characters. Oh, yeah, he kind of does, especially if he has the one wing. Yeah, exactly. And you, you bring a fair point there. It's, like, um, coming back to, like, his weight, like you had just said. Um, he, he has his weaknesses and strengths. Like, they're, they're very black and white. You can tell them apart pretty easily. Um, and with that, like, especially watching the showcase, it was kind of funny, because, like, typically... From a, from like the other showcases with all these characters, you really get to see like either two things: their most broken move or their basic one first, and that's like the selling point for the character. Like when you buy this character, and this is to consider that let's say you didn't buy the fighter pass and you're not serious about this game, and you're only buying a character that you care about. So let's say you care about Sephiroth, but you're worried he might be weak or he's not going to be nearly as good because they're going to try to balance him out for Smash. Even though, like, in lore, this character is godlike in the actual game. Like, he is insane. Probably one of the, like, strongest characters in that entire franchise. But, um, they showed off his weaknesses first. Like, when we were talking about, like, the weight and whatnot, they showed that firsthand. Like, they did not cover, they did not sugarcoat it at all. They were like, alright, let's just be transparent here. Like, this character is light and will die early. Now let's get into his moveset. And it's just like, oh... Like, I thought that was so unusual to open up with a weakness first, but then as you continue to watch, the hype just builds as everything's getting revealed. Like, for an example, his range with up smash and up air. I remember looking at that and I was just screaming, like, in my hotel room, like, what am I looking at? This thing is like, <laughs> got insane range. It's almost like Min Min, but on crack. It's just insane. Like, this character throws out a move and covers like half a stage or maybe like three quarters of it. And then from there, you know, you get into counter, then you look at One Winged, his recovery, like, ugh, it's just... I just love the way this character is made. And another thing that you brought up, Edo, that I really appreciate you for mentioning is how well-balanced mm. this character is. Because I feel like 
especially when he was first um, released, like within that first week or like like half a week, I guess. Um, a lot of people were like complaining that this character was like, "Oh, he's broken. His rage is insane. I'm dying at like early percents." And it's like, well, yeah, but the thing is, is if you play smart and play neutral, typically what you should be doing in a fighting game. You can kill Sephiroth. Like, I have played a variety of different Sephiroths at, like, varying ranges. Like, I, I have a friend of mine that was ranked, like, you know, top five in his region um, competitively. And I've also played people who play casually and are at my level. And then I've played it with people that are probably what I would consider to be worse than me. Which is, you know, no offense. I'm just saying that as, like, a realistic standpoint. But uh, there are ways to get killed and kill, like, as Sephiroth. It's... It's really a 50-50, you just have to play it well. And on top of that, like, he's got a good back air, okay. Forward air is good too, but you do kind of have to space that properly if you want to get that tipper and whatnot. Um, you also just can't throw moves out or else you're going to be facing the consequence of having to deal with a lot of landing lag and whatnot. If you abuse his movement and, you know, throw out quick moves, including like his nair, that will give you an upper hand in neutral as well. Um, and then destroying recoveries that don't snap ledge with his down air, like, <laughs> no pun intended, but his down aerith will be able to kill people pretty Get easily. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Get out. I know. I, I had to make that joke. <laughs> no. I had to make it. <laughs> I'm hurt now. Why? Not to my girl Come on, Aerith. man. Admit it. We all saw it on Twitter. It was hilarious. Alright, look. It, it was hilarious, <laughs> but you know what? I didn't think Square or, like, you know, the Nintendo team was that ballsy enough to actually bring that moveset to the game. Why? <laughs> yeah, what's it called? Actually, it's like Hell's Gate or something. Oh, yeah. I wonder why that's named that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you think about it, if you know the game, like, that that name is like almost just as worth as like down earth you might as well just be transparent about it at that point <laughs> <laughs> just get it out of the way man you're so foul for that oh no i gotta um, get i gotta get one out there i if you must i guess uh, the one thing that I will say that I don't like, I mean, this is just me that I have to get used to, because I mean, again, like, in comparison between uh, the two of us here, Crunch has a bit of a better of the understanding of the game than I do, but, like, at least I have some decent knowledge of it. The one thing I'm just not a fan of, like, th this end lag is worse than Bayonetta's. Uh, I'm sorry, but that end lag, I am not, I'm not a fan of end lag characters, but that end lag, like, I get why he has it, but oh my god, no. I, uh, that That is, like, my only request I'd have to say it's, like, Okay, I, I, I get it, because, like, if that happens, then that means he'd be top tier. But you know what? I don't give a fuck. Bring this bitch to top tier. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. It, and that's just something that, like, I think players have to get used to. Because that was my issue when I first played him as well, was that uh, I felt like he was really laggy on the ground. But then I found, like, to abuse his quick moves and also, like, doing full hot back airs and whatnot kind of held, like... I was controlling like the space um, on the stage that really helped me out a lot like as I was getting to learn the character and I, I say this is not like I'm a master of the character at all because like for one I, I don't even consider myself to be that amazing at this game I would consider myself to be good but not like you know a, like above average but I have played this game enough for me to understand like how to get around those type of like problems and whatnot and to adjust to like Sephiroth, but you know after that like this one move I can't believe I forgot to even bring this up but his side B is like really cool I think if you were to consider it like not the move itself because the the cons of it I don't understand how this works because it's like you know the move comes out fairly quick but you are very susceptible to like getting punished for even throwing the move out like it's negative on shield and somehow it's negative on hit like, I understand that that move is really meant to, like, you know, read approach options or, like, if you're at an appropriate distance, you can kind of throw that out and get lucky and surround them with, like, the orbs and whatnot. But at the same time, if you're going to make it a negative on shield, why is it also negative on hit? I feel like I should just be able to snap it and then move on from there. Or, you know, I'd probably mix that up, vice versa. But uh, Sephiroth gets punished pretty easily for that move. But the the effects and the results 
of landing that move on your opponent is glorious. Like I, I love that move so much. It's probably one of my favorite moves of his in his like entire kit. Because typically, like, you know, to put someone in that position of like always being threatened, like that's what Sephiroth does best. It almost feels like you're always at an advantage with that character if you use him correctly. Like you're able to control the space. You're able to put fear into your opponent by like throwing that side B out onto him. You're also able to go off stage and like make your opponents fear for their life knowing that that counter is just going to destroy them and like i just love the way he operates even recovery too like he has multiple options like i love his recovery so much because it's not restricted to just you know the four basic directions like up down left and right like you're allowed to go in diagonal um angles and direction it like however you want if you want to go snap to ledge with the regular up b but like maybe angle it in a way where you go down or up depending where you're coming from you can do it and then on top of that if you hold it for octo slash like that is a great recovery tool because his his range is so big that you can literally just push people away from like guarding ledge and then you have time to get back uh his toolkit is like really good and for that personally i'm not gonna tell people that he's top tier because i also would like to say see him like offline as well and i think he would be crazy offline but at where it stands right now i think he's definitely somewhere in high tier in terms of range you know if you want to say he's at high tier maybe the middle of high tier or lower end of high tier like that's fair but mid and below is not acceptable i do not think a character like this is mid tier at all and when put into the right hands uh he's gonna be crazy yeah because like be because that Sephiroth has like these certain movesets to where he can act quickly, but then he also have he also has part of his moveset that he can be very patient in his gameplay. You can easily trick your opponents. You'll be surprised of how you can trick your opponents into like many things that you believe that like if you're not playing into a linear uh playstyle, there are many mix-ups that you could actually do with Sephiroth. Like, you know, again, like what's quicker is like, you know, his forward air. But if if you want to be all fancy and shit, like, you know, if you if you're Say that your opponent is expecting you to do a, do it again or like a fast uh, paced move. Like Sephiroth has that um, that supernova kill. Yeah, no, and, and you know, sometimes people can get scared of that shit. And you know, sometimes there'll be people that just want to flex for the sake of flexing. But uh, yeah, no, that doesn't exactly work out because again, Sephiroth right now is the definition of flex. <laughs> oh my um, god. Yeah. But uh what i love about his moveset uh as well i mean this is just me uh <laughs> i saw this meme on twitter though but i thought that was just so hilarious like you know he has uh two attacks which you know as crunch message he has the side beat to where he snaps and he has the dark orb surrounding around his opponent and the maximum of that is about like five to six and his uh nair is pretty much just some type of rainbow um neutral uh it's it's pretty short ranged but like honestly it kind of looks cool and sometimes like it's fun to abuse that shit when you're like you know in the gameplay you know spongebob going that but that's just <laughs> oh yeah that meme on twitter we're just doing that <laughs> yeah because it's just <laughs> sephiroth dittos actually be like though but you know what this could also be said for joker and sephiroth because joker also has that but nah sephiroth needed more he definitely needed more of that snappy because he's just that powerful but anywho uh, with all these considered, like, I also have to agree, like, I definitely do not think he, that he's mid-tier. I will be in shock, like, if it comes to the conclusion that he actually is. But for what I'm seeing right now, and especially for, like, th this type of character, like, this is... This is a definitely different in comparison with the rest of the DLCs. But, like, you know, if we take Joker out of the equation, this is definitely some type of different high tier that we actually have as a character. Um... Surprisingly, like, I, I know this is a little bit irrelevant to bring up, though, but I still have a hard time seeing where Steve stands in the tier list. I don't know if that's just me. I don't know if it's because that, like, Steve has, like, so much going on, though. Sephiroth, like, I can get, like, there's, there's still, like, a lot to, like, experiment and such, though, but, like, we got Sephiroth that we kind of don't even know where Steve stands in the tier list. I mean, that's just me, though, especially to, like, how good he is, though. Uh, I do see that, like, he's been used here and there, uh, still to this day, surprisingly. Uh, in comparison with the rest of the DLC characters. And, you know, I'm pretty sure Sephiroth's going to have that long uh, longevity of still being used uh, like Joker and like Steve. The rest of the characters, I definitely do not see in, like, in any capacity. Maybe Terry at best, but that's it. 
Yeah, I forgot that you mentioned about his supernova attack. I just want to say real quick, that move is also crazy broken. Like, I love using that move a lot. But yeah, besides that, Steve, yeah, it's like I've watched a lot of like Steve gameplay because I think if you were to consider it, he's probably the most unique out of any DLC character that we've gotten. And I've watched like high level, top level play for like everybody. Like I've watched gameplay of like, uh, there's a friend of mine named DM who I guess He's like considered um, a top Pikachu player as well. Also kind of using Steve. And I've seen some of his oh. clips and they're ridiculous. And like they make the character look crazy. And on top of that, I've also watched like Salem and um, Aaron, like formerly known as Dire for those that don't know from Smash 4. Uh, he plays Diddy Kong and Steve, I guess. But I, it's so strange because that character looks incredibly busted. Like. I, I think it's hard to judge right now because that character is so complex and plays completely different from any other character that I've ever seen that it's difficult to put him like not necessarily on a tier list but like rather his viability like is he going to ruin the meta offline like are, is this character toxic or is he just really good or maybe not even good at all I, I think he's really crazy like I think Steve as a character uh is built essentially like a game-breaking character similarly to like not exactly what bayonetta was because bayonetta was like so crazy to the point where people thought it was broken to use her and people considered banning her from tournaments and whatnot but um he's got some like pretty game-breaking mechanics uh you know with the whole mining thing like you're literally playing minecraft on the stage like upgrading your armor and the other thing you have to consider too is like his um armor depending on what you have whether it's like like stone wood iron and like diamond like they, they all do different things and they all work um differently in neutral and have their own little purpose so it's like you also have to know that and then you also have to know when to use like all your other moves how to recover like you have so many things that you have to understand about that character i feel like not everyone has unlocked his true potential yet but i have a feeling that is a character that many people are going to sleep on when we get back to regular events and when we get to events and then people like start making upsets with this character i think people will finally see like yo steve kind of crazy now for where he's at on like a tier list like maybe like mid high tier somewhere around there like because that's typically the deal with most of these dlc characters except for like characters like banjo i think banjo is like overwhelmingly a mid-tier character but like you know steve eh, i don't know he confuses me just as much as he confuses you too i can't even give you an answer exact either but like all i do know is that uh he plays a lot differently from all the other characters in the game and he takes a lot more time to understand and there's a lot more knowledge to gain compared to like sephiroth because sephiroth is in a way kind of a basic sword fire character with like you know unique strengths and weaknesses that you have to deal with but steve is just new all around like it, this is just a completely different game when you play it with steve but yeah damn you also couldn't even tell right now shit that that's how you know it's a big thing i'm gonna need this pandemic to end soon like i i, I just want to have these answers you know because like Ever since, like, we've been put into this situation, it's like, come on. I Like, now that we have these, like, hype characters going around, like, I, I kind of need to know. I'm dying to know. I need this to end so badly. <laughs> I do too, man. It's like, I really want to see, because, like, <laughs> I saw this really funny uh, tweet about a couple weeks ago, or maybe even a week ago, I want to say, where some guy was describing Min Min as, like, a toxic, game-destroying character in the sense that, like, this character ruins the game. And I was like, wow, that's a shock. Because, like, you know, in in that Japan region, um, you know, there are people who play Pac-Man and Sonic and, like, all those other characters. And over here, we kind of consider those as, like, boring characters that ruin the game a little bit. But the fact that they said that about Min Min is kind of a shock to me. And I honestly believe it because, like, I would not want to get, like outranged by a character like that especially with the amount of strength that character holds too like you're able to switch through like different arm setups that have different um you know damage and knockback outputs and like uh you have to deal with like all the combos and whatnot on top of that you can up smash and reflect projectiles it's like kind of weird but I, 
that shocked me that out of all the characters in the game they they considered min min to be like a game ruining uh character and like when offline comes back i we mention this all the time but like offline is the true uh the true form of smash it is at its peak offline because you know as we all know online kind of sucks but offline this is where you get the true information for the game because for one most people play this game offline that's how tournaments are held and you're not having to deal with so much buffer um that's already in the game and then you have more online but like it is a completely different meta on like offline because if you want to know why mk leo doesn't use joker much online not many people even like to use joker online simply because he's people feel that he's a little weaker because typically the meta online is like way mashier than normal and like very gimmicky whereas offline it's like people can react to that type of uh play style a lot quicker so you're just at that point using characters that are just genuinely like a lot better because sonic was you know he's a good character but he was barely used offline and we rarely saw him but with these offline tournaments you know we see a lot of players like um sonics and uh you're too slow and like a couple other people using this character and they're showcasing like what this character can do online but the question is can they do it offline and that's what i want to know when offline tournaments come back because unfortunately we've been almost a year deep into ultimate online and it's almost like half of its entire meta from the release of the game to now which is crazy to think like we've only had like maybe a little over a year or two of offline events and now we're almost coming to that point where it's going to be a whole year and i just can't imagine this happening any longer i don't know if it's going to be healthy for the game to stay uh online and that's why i just really hope this pandemic ends soon and there's regulations that are made where we can play offline and whatnot and then from there we finally get to see everybody's characters whether it's new or um old showcasing like what they can do offline how the game has changed since the pan since pre-pandemic era and like yeah i'm just excited definitely um yeah, no, and plus, like, unfortunately, this is something that I, I think, like, we've already kind of expressed, but, like, if not, but, uh, if, if you're still hoping for Smash uh, Ultimate Online to be fixed, that don't expect it at this point. They're, they're not, they're definitely not gonna do it. Like, we, it's been, like, a whole, like, year and a half since we've already, like, pleaded, like, heavily for them to fix online, and while they've done various fixes of it, they haven't done actual, like, strong connectivity, um, you know, fixes in any way any capacity at all and unfortunately i don't think there's anything that they actually can do with it so uh, yeah it might be a wrap on that one unfortunately <laughs> yeah and speaking of fixes man this new patch is whack awful okay like, I... <laughs> it's so bad this is i can't believe i'm saying this but this is the worst patch we've ever had ever in yeah. this game oh my god it... i was expecting like Oh my god, we got Sephiroth, which... Okay, by the way, I'm gonna mention this before we get into this, but that Sephiroth challenge that was revealed at the end of the Direct is by far the greatest marketing ploy for a DLC character I have ever seen. Being able to beat a character in like a boss mode type of thing and unlocking him early is crazy. And I want to say, whoever came up with that in Nintendo, you are a genius and you need to be paid well for that even you need given a, raise a raise right probably. the fuck now <laughs> yeah like doing that challenge for the time that it was available was incredible and just revealing that you can unlock a character early like that without like paying anymore like i feel like i earned that dlc character minus the fact that you do have to pay him to like even do the challenge but oh my god best thing i've ever seen from a character this is why i still think to this day this is the best character to get added into the game so i agree so cool what he brought to the table you know, like, uh, I, what's so funny about that presentation, because, like, Sakurai had the original idea. as like, oh, yeah, you can only challenge him once. And if you don't, if you don't beat him, you don't get the character. It's like, oh, my God. You know what? And a little bit. I kind of wish he did that. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe he considered that, because that's like, dude, you know how many people he'd piss off if, <laughs> like, I wouldn't have gotten him that day. I actually did not do it on my first attempt. I did it on, like, my third or fourth. I did it on my hard. second attempt. Yeah. I just kept using uh, 
I used Falcon for, or no, I used Cloud the first two, and then I was like, all right, I'm gonna just go Falcon, and then I just like busted his ass open, and I was just like, well, there we go, got the character now. Should've just done that from the beginning, but. Yeah, no, I, I also used Cloud the first time, but like, uh, after that, I'm like, okay, let me use Joker because I actually have always wanted to see the matchup between Sephiroth and Joker because that Sephiroth bot was not playing around. I got my ass beat pretty bad on the first try. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, level 10 CPU type beat. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, because I was like, I'm not gonna do this shit in like, you know, in normal and easy mode. No, I'm, I'm gonna need the very hard mode challenge. Like that, that, that is an actual challenge. Like, you know? Yeah. You know, the but, challenge that Smash was able to do, but not Kingdom Hearts 3. But anywho. Yeah, I know, facts. And on top of that, like, yeah. I guess we'll mention this last thing, too, before we get into the patch. Because uh, I, I just forgot to talk about these things, too. Is like, the, the classic mode I actually did, like, right after I unlocked the character. I think it was the first thing I did before I even, like, labbed the character out and whatnot. And I gotta say, like... I, I, I really hope they do kind of, like, add a boss mode for all characters. Not saying, like, specific towards them, but, like, make what you did for Sephiroth the challenge you can do for every character. Because, dude, that boss rush was so much fun. And then, like, the ending thing mm -hmm. was themed towards, like, Final Fantasy VII with, like, that stage. We literally fought Master and Crazy Hand on a Final Fantasy stage. I was like, wow, that that's so sick. And, like, fighting all of these bosses that you typically don't fight until the very end like in the middle of like your run on classic mode is so cool one wing angel moment on that one yeah it's like boss versus boss fight <laughs> i am the boss fight damn it <laughs> yeah spoiler alert sephiroth's the actual boss not the bosses themselves <laughs> yeah nah but i mean hey that that means you're cool um yeah I do agree with you. Like, I would like to see some type of, like, boss rush challenge for, like, the rest of the characters. I would say, like, the best way of how, like, that idea could be incorporated would be, um... What was that thing that, uh... Th they always do this for every Smash game to where, like, you can fight off every single, like, Smash characters, but, like, they're all grouped in by the, the year releases. <sighs> All-Star Smash, is that what it's called? I think that's what yeah. it's called. I think that's, like, the type of idea I would like to see for the boss rushes. I don't know, because, like, honestly, I, I love the single-player content for what you can do with Smash, but because of these ideas, I, I, I feel like they could bring more. I would love to see more. Like, honest, I don't think they're going to do it, though, but it would be so nice if they did. <laughs> yeah, like, I agree, because I remember, like, doing all-star challenges in, like, both Brawl and 4, and it was so much fun, like, being able to fight all those characters getting grouped up by year. And, like, I remember um at the base game or at least like in a point in time like you know when they release like home run contests in this game as well and he was saying like that's the last mode that they were gonna add and i'm like wait so no break the targets and no all-stars like those are my you know what's crazy those were my two favorite modes and like you know home run contest is third like it's an honorable mention for me but like people have been begging to bring back um you know break the targets it was in brawl and melee and it was like probably the most fun i had ever had playing like a mode in smash like if i wasn't fighting people i was doing break the targets and like trying to beat my own times and whatnot and then with all-star mode i i just love fighting all the characters again like grouped up in one uh like you know one like release year type of thing and like kind of going through the years of smash and like how representation has changed and i wish they did that for um, I wish they did that for this. Maybe, you know, we'll get it when all characters are released. Like, let's say this is actually going to be the last character pack and we're not getting a third. Maybe, like, as a uh, goodbye gift, we get, like, an all-star mode and then from there it's over. Like, I think that would be really fun. Maybe a target. Break the targets, please. I would like that, too. But I do know. not, and I swear to God, N Nintendo, Nintendo, I, I want you to listen to me if you're listening to this podcast for whatever reason. Do not... Give us the Smash 4 Break the Targets. That is not what I want. I want Melee Break the Targets. That was fire. Smash 4 sucked. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, facts. I know that it did suck. But I guess with that being said, now we'll actually transition into the patch. Yes. So, like my expectations going into this, I was thinking this is patch 10.0. And if I remember correctly, this is the farthest we've ever gotten into a Smash game in terms of, like, 
upgrades and changes. And a point that Gimmer brought up like a while ago, and this is when the second fighter pass got revealed, or I think it was I think it was the second fighter pass was revealed, or the first, I can't remember, but he was saying something like something to keep in mind is like, yeah, we are getting these new characters, but with that being said, this gives us an opportunity for more patches and more chances to fix the game. But as these patches have come out, like, minus some of the character changes that were needed, I was really expecting, like, core mechanic changes, like changes to, like, the buffer system, uh, pairing being more useful than, uh, than what it is right now, and, like, fixing online, and maybe, you know, maybe fixing going past people, or, like, stuff like that. But nothing was done, and I was expecting 10.0 to do something. Maybe not all of that, but something at least. And that wasn't the case. 10.1 rolls out when Sephiroth is, like, officially released, you know, when you don't have to do the challenge to unlock them, and, like, it sucks. It's literally just a bunch of multi-hit fixes, and Fox is, like, back to his Smash 4 roots, which is like, oh, fuck, now I gotta deal with Fox again. But, like, that's all you could do? I'm just... It just sucks, because, like, I was really expecting a lot more out of this patch than just Sephiroth. And, like, the fact that you brought Sephiroth to 10.0 gave me hope, thinking, like, damn, maybe maybe we're getting, like, some good changes. And if we don't get it, since we didn't get it this time, like, I really hope these next couple patches, if not the next patch that we get, they start to look at the core mechanics of their game and see, like, okay, now that we've added these characters that are, like, complex and stuff, like, what are things about the game at its core that we can fix? But... I don't, I don't even trust myself to believe in them to do that. You know, I really... Uh, I honestly believe that it was not going to happen with most of the characters. Again, like, at most, like, the one character that I definitely expected it was Joker. Uh, I don't exactly remember what happened for the patch for that one, but a character like Sephiroth, because I feel like he brings a lot of new things to the table, I you would expect that there would be some type of differences, but no, 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 nothing. Not a single thing. As usual, there's only a character adjustments here and there, which uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm gonna just get right into this point. Uh, the only thing I kind of care about-ish, uh, because my friend, he is uh, the best Zelda player as of right now, uh, Ven. I know he's screaming of joy. Uh, Zelda got a little bit of a, a buff. That's the only thing I paid attention to. The rest of the character buffs, there were like less than 10 characters that got uh, birthed or nerfed. Or nerfed. That's yeah. it. That's literally it. <laughs> yeah, the patch was just so underwhelming. And like, I mean, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm glad that Sephiroth's in the game and they probably took a lot of work because, you know, I assume they're constantly working on bringing these characters into the game and like um, making them as, as good as they can be for release and whatnot. But at the same time, I wish there was like a different like team that would work on fixing stuff like that because the game as of right now is like it's fun but it's very annoying to play sometimes and i just wish there was a way to like get them to understand that their game is not perfect right now and it's not the greatest smash in terms of like mechanics wise because honestly if you had just brought back like smash 4 mechanics but like maybe changed it up a bit or like i don't know just ultimate eye of it <laughs> yeah like i would have been happy with that and that's just not the case like i'm not saying i need a smash 4 copy i'm just saying like smash 4 was promising but there could have been fixes that they made which would have in return made the game a lot more enjoyable but um no we have this game which it's fine but like it just has some weird quirks and like just random things that a lot of people don't like including myself and I was kind of hoping that that would get fixed, but apparently not. And that's, I'm running thin of hope at this point because it's like, true, we're getting all these characters, which means more patches, but like, I feel like that's giving them an excuse to make small, minuscule um, changes to quote unquote, keep their promise of making changes to the game, but they aren't changes that we want. They're doing it in a cheap way. Yeah, and it's, again, it's mostly catered towards the fighters, which, I mean, to be fair, at the beginning, like, th most of the characters needed some type of nerf or buff. So, 
That's that's out of the way because I I feel like for most of the characters I feel like everyone's at like a good spot right now to a degree. Maybe there will be some adjustments that we'll have to be making in the future and stuff like that though. But like this patch kind of showed it for me. Like the fact that there were not even that many characters that got like adjustments to it. It's like okay, like if you don't see characters that need this type of like buff or nerf or like you know maybe a quick adjustment to like maybe like you know rethink the gameplay. Then, what are we doing here with the core mechanics of this, though? Because the one thing I don't like about Ultimate is the fact that, like, this is... For me, at least, it's a little bit mashy. Which, I mean, it doesn't make it any better, the fact that, like, you know, we do this a lot online, too, though. But, like, most of the time, like, I do have tactics that I do want to perform and such, though. But it's just, like, I, I just cannot... They have the right idea. They have the right idea is the fact that, like, the pace is fine. I love the pace. It's much better than 4. And that's how I expect it to be because I did not play well in 4, admittedly, wholeheartedly. But this game, I feel like I can do it and I've improved a lot more. It's just that there are certain executions of the gameplay that is just like, okay, we're bringing these characters in. We're doing a lot of things with this game that's like never before seen in the previous smashes. It's like you think they, they do it. And I'm, you know, I, I'm kind of on the same boat here. Like, I was thinking that they're probably going to bring another bootleg character into it. Because, like, now we got to hype character Sephiroth. I don't know if that same momentum is going to keep up for the uh, the remaining three characters. So, I'm thinking, like, like, since we have this type of energy, great character, one of the greatest reveals, but the worst patch. We might get that opposite effect for, like, in the future characters. But even then, like, that's even for a slim chance on that. I don't know why, I don't know how, but I, maybe, hopefully, like, when this pandemic is over, like, it could be truly shown that, like, Nintendo should have their eyes and ears all over it, though. But, like I said, we, we can't even tell what, what Nintendo's aim is at this point. Yeah, and I am a little hopeful because I feel like 2021, like, I have a gut feeling that this might actually be a good year. Um, just regarding, like, everything, like, I feel like this pandemic will end next year. I feel like life will get easier for some next year and i also just feel like in general too this this game could potentially be fixed next year as well and you know that's what i'm hoping for because maybe i'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they are working so hard on these characters which i appreciate already like i already appreciate all the work that they do whether i like it or not um the fact that they're putting their time into this game still is incredible and i appreciate that immensely like i can't i couldn't be more thankful but, you know, I think they have to understand that there will be, there are going to be people that will be upset when you don't make necessary changes to the game. Because, um, like, really the last time we ever got, like, a legitimate change was, like, in Smash 4 when they kind of adjusted, like, something about, like, shields and whatnot. And apparently that, like, changed the game pretty drastically. And I'm kind of hoping they do something similar to that, but not necessarily make a change where it ruins the game, but rather where it makes it better and a lot more bearable. Because there is a lot of complaining about like the game at its core and i'm hoping that like sakurai and his devs understand that and then find a way to fix that but if not i guess this is just the game that we're gonna have to play but um yeah i i just hope maybe we will get lucky and there will be a change yeah uh i i, I don't know because i i feel like because again like it it has that potential it has it, they just need to tap into it. That's all they really need to do at this point. Because, I, I, like I said, I don't really see many characters that actually need adjustments at this point now. Um, I think that's all I really have to say for about, like, the patch. And even, like, Sephiroth in general overall. How about you? Yeah, same here. I'm pretty much uh, done on my end. I think we... Honestly, like, I think we pretty much covered a lot of, like, everything. <laughs> honestly, like... It's not an underwhelming patch at all, but, like, most of the hype was centered around Sephiroth, which we had covered about, like, everything about him and, like, what came with him and whatnot, and, like, um, yeah. Oh, one thing I want to, one more thing I want to mention, because I think this is, like, the last thing we should really mention and then probably wrap it up, just because, like, that's really all we have to talk about, unfortunately, uh -huh. but Gino getting deconfirmed again. <laughs> oh, the V-Fighters! I totally forgot about that! That's right! <laughs> You know what's kind of funny about that is, like, I saw it coming. Like, I hate to say this for Geno lovers, but, like, I, that is a character I could care less about getting into the game, but I'm not against it. Like, for an example, a character that I am against getting in this game is Jonesy from Fortnite. You can give this game Fortnite representation or whatever, but, like, do not add a character for it. But Geno, the thing about Geno is, like, he comes from a game 
that happened one time and then was never distributed again. Like, that Mario RPG game was a one-time thing, and even in his own game, he's kind of just like, he's not even like this big main character, like he's not even like a big part of the story, he's just kind of in the game. But there's this like weird cult fan base that like wants him in the game so badly and thinks he represents, um, like his representation from his game is like so immense when like I've never even heard of this character in my entire life. And like I hate to say this, but like the meat costume fits, bro. I'm just gonna say that much. I think that will piss off a lot of Geno fans when I say that, but like I think putting him as a me costume, you are essentially already creating the character that he was meant to be. And like, sure, I would have liked to have seen him as as like an ultimate me fighter deluxe, or I think it's just called me deluxe. Like similarly, like how Cuphead and Sans were treated. Like they literally look like characters, but they're me costumes. Like I think they should have at least done that for Geno. But like at the same time, like keep that character a me gunner, bro. That's all he's ever gonna be. Oh my god. Oh my god, that was just... You really said all that, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. I can't lie. I don't lie on this podcast. Y'all know me. I keep it real. Yes, that, the, the, the truth is always needed for this podcast, yes. Um... I, I I have to agree with that. Like, I mean, like, Gino was, not, like, even if he were to be a fighter, like, he doesn't create that much of a buzz, at least for me personally. Like, I mean, I guess it created that much of a buzz for, like, especially that one Twitter video I saw that, like, some guy was just like, oh, yeah, no, this is kind of cute me costumes. And then he just saw Gino as a me fighter and was just screaming, was like, no. And I'm like, oh, God, I can hear that right now. <laughs> but, um... Oh yeah, I also want to say I am a little bit salty. We did not get the polygon figures as me costumes. That would have been nice, but I mean, it kind of makes sense, but I was so sad. I'm like, that was the perfect opportunity. They could have made that work. I don't care what anybody says. Dude, yeah, I was actually really hoping for like a polygon Final Fantasy VII costume. I kind of didn't really expect it, but like that would have been like the uh, going above change. And that would have been really cool if they added that. But honestly, I'm okay with it. I, I can live with it. Yeah, I'm it's still fine. Like, I I, um, I think it's okay. I did not expect, like, okay, Tifa and Baron, I definitely expected. For a sword fighter, I was actually expecting Zack, not Aerith. That kind of shocked me, not gonna lie. Oh, that Aerith got added as a me costume? As a sword fighter. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really shock me because... For, um, just for, for my case that I'm trying to build, it's like, in Cloud's reveal trailer, they used Zelda, um, as the Aerith representation, and then they did the same exact thing in this game, and when you're representing this game now, it's like, that's just to be expected at this point. Like, Barrett and Tifa, I figured we're gonna get added, and I was also thinking, like, you know, how are you going to include those characters and not Aerith? Because that's, like, the main part of the group right there is Barrett, Tifa, and Aerith. And then you have Cloud and Sephiroth as their own characters. I would have actually been shocked if they didn't add Aerith. But that would have been more like a back thought because, you know, I'm watching it for Sephiroth, not the me costumes. But right. Like, Barrett and Tifa were just so obvious. I was like, okay, now you're going to follow it up with Aerith. And then they did it. And I was like, okay, there. Like, I was expecting them to do that. But it's cool that they gave her the staff. Because um, that's a big part of her character since she's mostly like a magic user or like she uses spells and whatnot in the games. But yeah, for me, it wasn't too shocking. I, I, I thought that was pretty suitable. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I'm still okay with it nonetheless. Because I mean, like, that is part of like the main four characters that you think of or three characters that you think of for Final Fantasy. Uh, Tifa, Barrett, and Aerith in terms of Cloud's group rather than like, you know... Red 13, Sid, and you get the rest of the characters. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, pretty much of what the Mii Fighters, it was pretty much expected. Uh, and Gino, oh god, that, that was just funny. Like, I kind of expected that, though, but I did it at the same time when I saw it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> I literally sat there in my chair and I was like, alright, Gino? And then they showed the RPG logo and I was like, yep, there he is. He's back where he belongs. You hate to see it. You really hate to see it. Yeah. I mean, I do kind of hate to see it a little bit because it's like, 
I didn't really want him as a character, but I really wouldn't have cared if he actually did get added, because, like, you know, whatever, it's Gino, but... I agree. Like, it just... It, Square Enix is such a complicated company to work with when it comes to, like, including stuff in Smash, and I kind of figured as well that it would, like, kind of end up in that scenario where, like, you know, that's enough rep from that point. I don't know. It's just... I expected it, and I was just like, alright, well, there it is. Now we just gotta move on. Yeah, at this point, it is what it is. Uh, but again, Gino fans, I'm, I'm a little sorry. I don't know if Crunch is sorry, but, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna leave y'all up to him and y'all with that one. That's between y'all. I mean, y'all. I am, but, like, you know, that character kind of had it coming. I hate to say it. Like, I'm shocked that people do not, uh, get that, that... That character's kind of meant to be a gunner, unfortunately. Like, I, I say that with regret. Like, I do kind of wish that character was given a little more love. Because I guess there are fans out there that want to, but, like, at the same time for me, like, I just really don't care, like, that much, personally. Like, I have no attachment to Gino, so, you know. Right, gunner, same. Whatever. Um, that's all I really have to say on that note as well. Um, however... I do have something interesting that I want to talk about before we actually end this podcast. And unfortunately, I spent all morning and even as we are recording this podcast right now, I spent my entire time looking for this article because I did see it like a few days ago and now I can't find it. Uh, but I do remember what it says, though. Uh, there was an interview with Sakurai that it, it pretty much was like after the, uh, the direct, I believe. And some of the details of what I found out about Sephiroth being included in Smash was very interesting. Uh, it looks like I could be wrong when I say this, though. But the way of how they were talking about Sephiroth and the way of, like, of how, you know, Sakurai, like, had some details of Remake before, like, the game was actually released. It sounds like Sephiroth was in the conversation of actually being included in Smash for a very very long time which to an extent i'm not surprised especially like if there was plans to have much more of better representation for final fantasy final fantasy 7 i'm just surprised of how like he made it into smash pack 2 instead of one if he's been talked about for this long and how long it's been settled for yeah but uh but yeah no but they but they mentioned a little bit more about that because like you know uh like, he, he did say, like, I don't know, this part I don't remember correctly, but uh, I heard that there were some uh, remake songs that were considered to be put into it, which it would have been nice in my opinion, but, like, like I said, for the songs that we got, that, like, I'm cool with it. It's whatever, you know? Like, there's no remake sounds, though, but we we got Advent Children's. We got Advent One Wing Angel. I'm good with that. But, yeah. Uh, but the way of how, like, you know, things were going around with Sephiroth as a character as a whole, it's like, man, I wonder what it would have been like if he was actually introducing character pack one. Hmm. Huh. Alongside with Joker. Crazy. Yeah, I was kind of hoping we would get some, like, a little bit of remake, uh, representation, but at the same time I was like, eh, I'm okay with Advent Children, especially because, like, the, tra the trailer was essentially, like, built around that. Like, we literally got a recreation of, like, the Advent Children fight in the trailer, uh, but I was kind of hoping we would get some, like, remake songs, but it is what it is. I I'm okay with what we got. Yeah, I'm just, like I said, I'm just, like, really, like, curious as how this process goes, because, like, if he's been talked about, like, even by the beginning, like, if around my estimation, beginning of character pack one or two, you know? Like, because they said, like, by, by the time that Joker was, was revealed, they, uh, Sakurai or Nintendo, they've made a statement saying, like, okay... We finally decided who the rest of the characters are going to be in character pack one. So I thought after the discussion, I thought that's where, like, you know, that's where the immediate characters that they will follow to develop, though. But now that I know that Sephiroth was in discussion for a while, it's like, oh, my God. Was he meant to be in character pack one? I, I, I don't know. I don't know how this process exactly went. That's why it's just like there are so many things that I'm learning new about this. It's like, huh. Again, take this information part with a grain of salt, especially the fact that I can't find this article. But if I do, I will be sure to link it into the description, of course. But it was real. It was an interesting read. I'll put it that much. I agree. But yeah, that's all I really have to say on my end regarding with all of the Sephiroth hype. Um, Me too. Well, yeah. Yeah. That that that's pretty much all of it, though. But uh, 
Well, actually, one more thing I want to mention. I mean, it, it's rather considerably mm -hmm. small, but um, I, we, I know we talked about Down Earth, but <laughs> all I'm going to say is that that is like one of the best spikes ever in this game because it goes so far below, even the below the stage. If any character that tries to recover that way, they're dead. They're gone. It's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, I will say I'm like, I'm kind of tired of like those suicide downers as like the community kind of calls it where you just kind of like, you know, you just it's kind of like Banjo's down air, Sheik's down air, ZSS's, but the, the thing that makes his cool and I think they gave it justice is like, you can do it on stage, go through the, it also just go through the stage because of his range and like his sword is so big, but also doing it off stage if you ever get the chance and you're at like the stock advantage like going for that is so cool so i do kind of agree that i actually really like his down air too i mm -hmm. i thought i was gonna hate it but i love it i actually love it a lot it's kind of I, I don't know it, i think like just that mechanic alone it's like what why else like he brings good and new things to the table it's a refresh i love it personally yeah but, me too um but yeah no that's all now truly I all have to say about it. No, there's nothing else extra that I like to add. How about you? <laughs> nope, I'm done. <laughs> Alrighty. And that's all going to be for the podcast episode. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave out a five-star rating if you enjoyed the podcast. Hit up the Storm Connect Twitter at StormConnectEN or other platforms this podcast is on for feedback on the show. This is Anno Ninja. And this is Crunch. Thank you for your time for listening to this podcast episode. Stay safe, stay healthy, and for heaven's fucking sake. Please stay smart. We will see you guys on the next podcast episode. Take care, everyone.